welcome to this edition of the Alabama Historical Association's podcast program. I'm your host, Marty Olaf, and I talk with people who conduct interesting research and do interesting things concerning Alabama history. You can find out more about the Alabama Historical Association, a membership organization devoted to Alabama history, by pointing your browser at our website, www.alabamahistory.net. Our guest today is Jim Baggett. Jim joined the podcast in episode 47 to discuss his prize-winning article in the Alabama Review of July 2018 entitled A Law-Abiding People, Alabama's 1901 Constitution and the Attempted Lynching of Jim Brown. Today, he joins us in his new role as the Alabama Historical Association President for 2022-23. So welcome, President Baggett, and congratulations on your new position. Well, thank you very much, Marty. It's great to be here again. Jim, I've interviewed a number of presidents of the Alabama Historical Association at the beginning of their terms, and what we're most interested in is what can we expect during your term as president? Well, as a former president, you know, a lot of your time is devoted to planning the pilgrimage and the annual meeting. We're very excited about our pilgrimage this year. It will be September 23rd and 24th, and we're going to Mintone in DeKalb County. The association has never been there before. It's, it's a place with a long and fascinating history and just a fine place to just be. The folks up there on the mountain are excited about us coming. We're getting great help from people there. We're going to encourage those who can to make this a weekend trip. Generally, the pilgrimage is one day, but there's much more to do in that area than we could possibly do in a day. It's a beautiful and reasonably inexpensive place to stay. So we hope that some of our members will make a weekend of it. We'll start on Friday afternoon, September 23rd in Fort Payne. We will offer a tour of the Trail of Tears historic sites that are there. The landmarks of DeKalb County have done a really wonderful job identifying, documenting, and marking sites related to the Trail of Tears. Before Fort Payne was Fort Payne, there was a Cherokee town called Wellstown there. And this was one of the gathering places and one of the embarkation points for the Trail of Tears. Then we will have a tour of the Depot Museum available. That's their local history museum that's in their beautiful old railroad depot. Then we will have a walking tour of downtown Fort Payne. And from six to eight that night, we will have a reception in the Hosiery Museum. Fort Payne was once known as the sock capital of the world. The Hosiery Museum displays some really interesting equipment from that era of Fort Payne. We will also have the opportunity to tour the Fort Payne Opera House, which is the oldest opera house in Alabama that is still in use. Saturday morning, we'll gather in Mentone on the mountain at St. Joseph on the Mountain Episcopal Church. We will have three local history speakers, Kelly Levitt, who edits the local newspaper, The Groundhog, which I have to say is the best local paper I think I've ever seen. 
Kelly is going to talk to us about Colonel Milford Howard, who is an important figure in Fort Payne and Mentone history. He was a lawyer, a real estate developer. He owned a newspaper. He owned a general store. He made and lost three fortunes. At one point, he ended up in Hollywood making movies. He was a visionary. He was a grifter and a fascinating character. Then we will have Marcus Thomas speak on the legend of Granny Dollar. Marcus is a retired FBI agent and is now a genealogist and a writer. He became interested in the legend of this woman, Granny Dollar, who in the 1920s walked out of the woods on the mountain with her belongings in a cloth bag and announced herself as a 116-year-old Cherokee medicine woman. She was none of those things, but she did become an important figure in the life of that area. Her legend has carried on long after her death and the death of her really vicious dog that always accompanied her everywhere. So Marcus became interested in this legendary figure, and he used his skills, both as a former FBI agent and as a genealogist, to research the story and find out who was Granny Dollar really. It's a fascinating tale. He has written a book called The Witch on the Mountain the story of the real granny dollar. So we will also have his book for sale there. And our third speaker is a little different for us. We are going to have Hannah Leeper, a naturalist who works for Auburn University to identify, locate, tag, and track the black bears of DeKalb and Cherokee County. In recent years, black bear have been migrating back from Georgia into Northeast Alabama. And there's actually a pretty sizable population now. Hannah goes out into the woods, she finds these bears, she tags them, then uses GPS to track their migration, the development of the cubs, how viable this community is, their feeding patterns, because she can watch them move about on her computer. She has seen bear walk through downtown Mentone in the middle of the night. They're making their presence known up there. And so Hannah's going to talk to us about that project. I think that's going to be a lot of fun and really fascinating. We'll have a box lunch at the church, and then we have a number of historic sites for our members to visit on Saturday afternoon. The Sally Howard Memorial Baptist Church, which Colonel Milford Howard built in memory of his late wife. It's a beautiful structure that is literally built out of a giant rock. It has a wonderful story, and it's a great site to visit. We will also offer the Civilian Conservation Corps Museum at DeSoto State Park. The CCC built the park and a lot of the stonework in the area. The staff at the park have gathered a nice collection of artifacts and images and video and put together a nice museum there. Also, we will visit DeSoto Falls to see a local art project that was completed there. The Martha Berry House will be on the tour. Martha Berry was a resident of Mentone and the founder of Berry College in Georgia. And her house is one of the older structures on the mountain. And also the Mentone Arts Center, which is in downtown Mentone, as opposed to what we refer to as greater metropolitan Mentone. They feature works by local artists, sculpture, painting, textiles, and other works, so that you can see some fine work there. We're also encouraging people to consider visiting the shops in Mentone. Mentone has a number of shops that sell local arts and crafts. 
Also on Saturday morning, when we're there right next door to the church, will be the regular farmer's market. And then at five on Saturday, we will have a closing reception at Brow Park, which is on the edge of the mountain. It's a city park, beautiful view of the valley and sand mountain off in the distance. We'll have refreshments, we'll watch the sun go down, and we will be entertained by local dulcimer players. So we think that'll be a nice, chill way to end the day on the mountain. Jim, we will have coming up an episode of the podcast featuring Polly Midgley, who will speak Mm -hmm. more about Mentone itself, some of its history, and go over a little bit more of the history of these structures and places that you've just spoken about that are going to be on the tour. Yeah, Holly knows as much or more than anyone about the history of that area. Yeah, I would recommend his documentary. I think it's called Mentone, Where the River Runs. It's on YouTube. He produced that with a grant from the Alabama Bicentennial Commission. It's really a beautiful piece of work, and it gives you both a natural history of the area and the more recent human history of the area. And he does a great job of showing off the natural beauty of that area. It's an absolutely gorgeous place. What about the annual meeting that you also mentioned? We're excited. Our annual meeting for the first time will be in Prattville. We have visited Prattville for the pilgrimage, but we haven't had an annual meeting there. And again, the local people there are excited and welcoming us. We have a number of historic sites that we're still finalizing for our Friday afternoon tour. If you haven't been to historic downtown Prattville, it's beautiful. It really is. And more is happening. Downtown is the old Pratt Gin buildings, which are huge. Those are being renovated to become apartments, restaurants, that sort of thing. So downtown is going to be a really beautiful and really vibrant place. So we're looking forward to that. We will be putting out our call for papers very soon. I know some people received their fall newsletters yesterday and a call for papers is there. Then we'll be sending that out by email and through our website as well. This will be our second year back in person after COVID. So we're hoping for a good diverse selection of papers that we can offer. We will also have an episode of the podcast in 2023, speaking with people from Prattville about this meeting. We're excited about our keynote speakers for the Prattville meeting at the Friday night banquet. We will have Pulitzer Prize winning journalist Cynthia Tucker and her co-author Fry Gaylord, who have written The Southernization of America, A Story of Democracy in the Balance. It's a very timely topic, and we're very pleased that they have agreed to join us that evening, and I think that's going to be a really wonderful program. I couldn't agree with you more. I'm glad to hear that we have both Cynthia Tucker and Fry Galliard joining us. I hope that people from all over will come to Prattville to at least hear them at the banquet, if not join us for the entire meeting. I think it's going to be really fascinating, and there may be some very good discussion come out of this. I wouldn't be at all surprised about that. Jim, what else do you have on your agenda for your year as president? Well, a couple of things. One is we're hoping to make our social media presence a little more robust. 
which is kind of funny coming from me because I'm old and I don't do any social media, but you know, it's a valuable and inexpensive way to reach out to the public. We're wanting to not add anything, but simply do more with what we have with our Facebook and Twitter in terms of keeping our members informed of what's happening in the association. But I also want to do more of just celebrating our members. Our member Mike Bunn recently won an important award for his most recent book, The 14th Colony. And I think we should be celebrating our members' accomplishments like that and making our membership aware of these things. The thing that we are creating is a speakers bureau for the association. We have not had that. I see this as another way for us to share Alabama history. You know, we have our meetings. We have our publications, the Alabama Review and the newsletter, your great podcast. We have our historic marker program, all ways that we recognize, celebrate and share Alabama history. We're very pleased that a small group of hardy volunteers have come forward. Year one is going to be a trial and error period where we're going to offer talks. We don't want to just create this and sit back and hope people come So we will be directly promoting this to organizations and institutions around the state, to civic clubs, to anyone who might have an interest. We want to use this first year to see how much interest there is in the public, to kind of get the bugs out of of how this works. We'll be able to get feedback from people who attend these programs, feedback from people who book the programs. And then if things progress well, we will transition into a more formal structure that would need to at some point, of course, be a committee because there always has to be a committee. And we would then create an application process for our speakers. We would seek out more funding and hopefully make this a regular part of what we offer to people who love Alabama history. Jim, can you tell us how people who want to book a speaker can do so? Yes, what we're doing is creating a page on the Alabama Historical Association website that will list our speakers with their bios, with descriptions of their talks. And then anyone who wants to book a speaker would contact the speaker directly and make arrangements with that person. We are not charging for these programs in this phase, but we are asking when speakers need to travel, that the host provide a $50 travel allowance, enough to buy folks to take a gas. All of these programs are being offered in person. Some are also being offered virtually, and that could work well in some cases. Once the webpage is up, probably in the next few weeks, then we will begin directly promoting this. We're going to ask our board members to promote it in their areas, to people they know, as far and wide as we can make the public aware of this and hope that there's some interest in having some of our folks come and talk. Well, maybe use the new social media presence in order to yeah, promote exactly. the new yeah. Speakers Bureau. Yeah. And see, that didn't immediately come to mind for me. So. <laughs> Jim, have I forgotten anything? Is there anything else that you'd like to announce or promote? You know, I don't think so. I think that if we can do these things, we can feel like we've had a good productive year. We look forward to a great year with the plans that you've already made and those that you're making for the future. And I hope that everything pans out just as well as they seem to be set up to do. So, Jim, thank you for joining us today. 
Thank you very much, Marty. I'm glad to have an opportunity to talk about our plans, and thanks for having me. You're welcome, and good luck, Mr. President. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today. This has been another edition of the Alabama Historical Association podcast program. Our music is the traditional tune, Whistle By, performed at city stages in 1996 by James Bryan and Carl Jones. It's provided courtesy of the Alabama Folklife Association, which you can find on the web at alabamafolklife.org.